welcome to the Comics Deserve Better podcast, where we cover the world of independent comics. I'm one of your hosts and Superman's pal, Brian. And with me, as always, the other two parts of the CDB Triforce, Carrie and Darcy. Hi. Hello. How are you all doing today? Well, I don't have scarlet fever, so that's something. <laughs> yeah. And I'm recovering from scarlet fever, and I passed my traffic school today, so that's awesome. Yay. Yay. Very nice. Uh, I didn't do much today. <laughs> Just worked. <laughs> so, I guess, like, something. like I've said many times on this podcast, no news is good news sometimes, right? That's right. accurate. Yeah. Okay, well, uh, in today's episode, uh, we are going uh, actually to do something that we haven't done since episode 10, Um, so it's been a while. Um, We're going to be talking about an anthology, Um, and uh, we'll be getting that in just a few seconds. We're going to start the show off with uh, spotlights, like usual. Uh, Darcy, do you want to go first since uh, you're coming back from vacation? (laughs) I will. Um, My spotlight is kind of a... uh, weird i guess spotlight is it weird i think it's weird is it weird i don't know i should actually go ahead and say it i guess before i start going off on how weird it is everyone it is a... dms after you would listen to this and tell if this is weird or not <laughs> this is weird or not uh, it's a medical comic uh it is a the med kids series um but specifically there's one there's a new one coming out it's kind of a long running series uh that is kind of like medical superheroes for that helps teach kids about medical issues nice. uh, but there's a new one coming out that's a um kind of I think a collaboration between the med kids series and uh, Jumo health uh, that is kind of epilepsy and self-advocacy like how you can um, help talk about yourself with uh, and your epilepsy uh, so it's coming out um I didn't see an actual date about it, uh, but it should be coming out soon or have recently come out. Um, the Epilepsy Foundation posted about it today. Oh, sweet. Uh, so I just saw this earlier today, like a few hours ago, and was super stoked about it. And I haven't been able to get much information yet, but I'm excited about the concept. Uh, but the Med Kids comics in general uh, are kind of this ongoing disconnected series of comics that are educational comics they're kind of hokey you know they're not like good good comics (laughs) you know you know what I'm talking about they're not the kind of comics you would go out if you're like a super comics reader but uh, (laughs) they are educational comics uh, that are created by a uh, Dr. Kim Chilman Blair Um, and she she kind of established uh, like the medical x program Um, and it's kind of in creating she is a doctor but then she kind of like moved into like medical education like creating stories and uh like graphic storytelling more and kind of like um for adult readers she's got a website for it and then kind of moved on to uh like the kids side of it and she works with uh sean deloche on this side of it uh i 
looked briefly for like an artist's name. I don't have hard copies of any of these and I couldn't find an artist, but it's uh, Dr. Kim and Sean Deloche that do these, uh, the kids comics. They're cute. Uh, they're very kind of like superhero looking. Uh, the art's good, nothing outstanding, but the idea is that, like there's an epilepsy based one specifically. Uh, I kind of liked uh, med kids explain epilepsy. What's up with Jack? So you've got like ones that are focused. Oh, you know, I'm epileptic, but I play sports or I'm watching television. I have a seizure. Um, these people kind of in real life situations, kids specifically in real life situations and how they deal with their epilepsy. So those are the ones I personally liked as a person with epilepsy. Uh, but they're all there. I mean, there are tons of these like thing people with diabetes, people with all kinds of different medical situations. So That's if you're awesome. trying to talk, if you're trying to talk to your kids about their health issues, or if you're trying to educate your kids on uh, like their friends' health issues, uh, this might be something to consider. That's excellent. Mm, because I thought so. I think when there's different medical like medicinal things going on with your body, especially as a child and you don't understand the jargon and your parents look worried or they look concerned, that always freaks the kid out. And so having something that's kind of entertaining to teach them about it, or at least help explain the situations for them so that way they seem more relatable, I think is really important. That's awesome. Absolutely. And I, for me, it's like, as a kid, like if you have this problem yourself, like you're going to the doctor and like the doctor's talking about it. And so that might be above you, like what you're hearing may be complicated or might be scary. So this might be helpful for you. Um, or like, I think there's one that's like breast cancer or something like that. Like that might be scary because it's something your mom has. Mm -hmm. and, and that's a scary thing. That's not your a health problem, but it's like your mom's health problem. And that's terrifying when it's your parent. But then at the same time, like if it's something your friend has and you don't understand what's going on, this you're not actually going to the doctor and dealing with it and having this all broken down and explained to you. So it's, it's a different way to help your friends understand what you're going through or helping you to understand what your friend's going through. So I, I you know, I, I thought, it's a good thing. It's a good resource to have. Absolutely. Oh, it totally sounds great, actually. All right, Carrie, do you want to go next? Sure. So um, I was about to take a drink of water, but I'll stop. Um, so my spotlight is by Corinne Roberts at Self Published. Darcy, you'll be proud of me. It's a silent comic. <laughs> it's all ages. It's called Out and About. Um, so... I, I'm trying to get into silent comics. Um, we went over homunculus and I, and I kind of blew it off as something that I didn't understand because I needed words. But if you're, the reason I like it, and, and it, even though it's like a children's quote unquote, children's like young person's comic, if you're, if you like the stylization of comics, if you like the artwork of comics, but silent comics seem very intimidating because like me, you, you are new to comics and you like words with everything. This is really a nice intro. She does a little, um, again, this is great for an audio media, but um, she gives like a 
a two page like little graph of the main character and she gives a really quick like two sentence like you know description of him and then she goes into her amazing beautiful watercolor story and it's very easy to follow um it's very entertaining and then in the back covers of the page she actually shows you like original sketches and then she describes her artistic approach to it like um, she describes like how she draws it and then at what point she starts adding line work and color work and so um we Brian bought the first two uh, copies of it and so I was I as soon as I saw it I snatched it from him and I read it and it was just a really fun nice read um if you have children that are that maybe you want to get into comics and they just like the pictures it's it's gorgeous the story's very sweet and very heartwarming and she's an amazing artist it's just it's really cool in fact I want like four of these characters as tattoos because they're just so much fun and they're really cute so I like it and it's self-published so uh you can go to her website and I'm sure we'll put it up it's www.corinnroberts uh all one word dot net and uh you can check that out but it's really awesome and she has a third book coming out this month on the 15th so um that'll I don't know if that's the completion of the story or if that's a continuation but Pip is the dragon you follow and he's super rad so it's it's a great book that sounds adorable it's I like adorable. following dragons around <laughs> um as like advice for people trying to get into silent comics or who find themselves very intimidated by the idea of silent comics I always kind of try to like push people back to like children's picture books um because it's basically kind of the same thing like I know adults who are like oh comics can be for adults like you know like blah 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 like they try to be like all badass about it or whatever <laughs> it's the same mm -hmm. thing like yeah. I mean it's the same shit it's storytelling with pictures um and people try to get all up themselves but it's story it's graphic storytelling it's the mm -hmm. same thing um and it's just like how sophisticated the stories are but some of those stories like win like super good awards and are freaking fantastic and you just go back to those things and it's it's the same you know but when you're reading to a child with these picture books you paste those stories to your baby mm -hmm. and it's for some reason when we do it for a baby when we're reading to a baby we are better at pacing those page turns than we are when we read silent comics to ourselves we just flip those pages so fast i think that's an excellent point you're making we you just know. have to go back to that mindset of like reading picture books to babies yeah mm -hmm reading silent comics to ourselves <laughs> yeah no I think that's that's a great had I read homunculus to my dog Johnny I may have no, and like I know that yeah. sounds goofy yeah. but no, I may yeah. have faced it better yeah you know yeah I think I think that's a really excellent point I think we're we're all trained you know when we were learning how to read and we're, and we're reading regular books with just texting it like just that that's what we need to focus on so when it's mm -hmm. just pictures it's 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 easy just to kind of skip through them um but um you know silent comics are a great storytelling medium as well as like an educational medium as well i mean it doesn't need to be translated um you know it it um, absolutely this this story is about a 
dragon finding friends and and also kind of um in the all the friends look different than than pip and are different and they all find something in common and they help each other and it's all about just you know it's all about the power of friendship essentially and getting over like you know adversity with with the help of everyone around you and there's something in her artwork that the eyes are so expressive Hmm. that she i mean i wish i i pulled up one page in the second book and she's uh she shows it's really see like she shows this little emotion i mean again this is a podcast this isn't helping anybody but like it's just the eyes are so expressive her art's just great it's super awesome and then when pip has a good feeling it's he's drawn with his eyes shut and a little smile and hearts around so like you can feel like i don't know seeing that imagery i feel his like like his warmth and his happiness in those scenes and i'm like oh he's happy like i just get really happy for him i mean it's awesome it's just it's the it's the coolest thing i'm going to be really distracted if i keep these around me the rest of the show but they're they're really it's it's really good i wish you know well we could give those out to everybody because i think they're important to have just again as someone trying in earnest to be good at reading comics when I know that sounds really goofy but this made me really happy reading it because I felt very I felt very productive and I felt like I finally got something I'm like oh silent comics are cool you know I could understand this and I didn't feel like an idiot because I didn't get some panel so it was really awesome I really liked it skill set so yeah just getting used to it um also uh Corinne Roberts name Darcy, um, might sound familiar, um, because because um, absolutely, yeah, bug bites, <laughs> bug uh, bites, which we've talked about before on here. I'm a big fan. Yeah, <laughs> those are excellent. Also, um, we ended up um talking to each other briefly via Instagram once I ordered these these books, and very nice person as well with so, her. Yes, oh, yeah. jealous. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> so um support a really cool person and and check out the website it's great material as well so it's it's a win-win situation just the best art that those colors like i love the thick lines Mm -hmm. i love that use of green and orange and yellow just i just these great earth tones that i don't see a lot of people use like i love in independent comics right now the pastels are so popular Mm -hmm. and these lively bright colors i adore but the earth tones that she uses are not really in vogue right now Mm -hmm. neither are those really thick bold lines like that's not the way art is going at the moment and so it's a really distinct style that i recognize just right off the bat the second i see her art and so it's not even necessarily that I just love her art period, which I do absolutely no question, but it's nice just to like see something and go, yeah, I know who that is Yeah, <laughs> because that's I'm awesome. really bad at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. Okay. Well, uh, yeah, we'll have the, the website up on the, on socials as well as it'll, it'll be in the, the, the notes for the episode and that will bring me to my pick which is eve from uh, boom 
Boom Studios, Boom Books. No surprise I'm choosing another Boom book, but this is uh, written by, I, pardon me on the pronunciations, I'm doing my best, um, but um, Victor Lavalley, illustrated by Joe Mijiong, colored by Brittany Peer, and lettered by Andrew Design. Uh, first issue came out last Wednesday, and uh, essentially this is a, this is a post-apocalyptic story, which we're getting a lot lately. Uh, but uh, what's really interesting about this one is uh, it seems like the uh, the apocalypse actually wasn't like a meteorite or it wasn't like robots or <laughs> or anything that caused it. It's something that can definitely happen in the future and, and probably will happen if things are not uh, changed in our in our world, which is basically the ice caps um, and the Arctic. Uh, ice caps melted and uh, and so this is kind of like a, a world that is mostly submerged by by water um, but the story specifically is about a young girl named Eve who is um, who's living with her dad and kind of uh, doing you know basically exploring and helping helping him out with um, you know like day-to-day -day activities they kind of live in a bunker um, you know, like they, they cook together, they eat, you know, and, uh, and, and basically just, you know, live their lives uh, like normal. Um, then one, one day, uh, her father takes her down to this basement to this area that I don't think she's ever been before. And, and it has her turn on a machine. And when she turns on the machine, she wakes up and she's no longer in where she thought she was. Um, so that's all I'm going to say without doing any spoilers um but uh one thing i can say is that there is a guide character uh named wexler and it is a teddy bear from um eve's youth it's actually an ai pretending to be a teddy bear to make it easier for her to grasp everything that's going on surly as hell <laughs> very matter of fact so this cute little kind of raggedy teddy bear being really like yeah we're all you know we're all kind of messed up and screwed but we gotta do what we gotta <laughs> do you know it's kind of a fun juxtaposition um and um and and yeah the artwork is great the coloring is great um it's it uh leads to a kind of a, a nice little cliffhanger that uh makes you wonder what's what hap exactly is happening in the world and uh, what exactly Eve needs to do to uh, to make a difference. Hmm. Yeah, that sounds kind of awesome. I like it. <laughs> it's, yeah, I'm, I'm here for AI teddy bear guide characters, <laughs> especially sassy ones. Oh yeah, <laughs> this definitely sassy, which uh, is, is always a favorite of mine as well. Um, yeah, and, and like the 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 twist is it's it's an interesting twist. Um, it's not you know we're like I said we're getting a lot of post apocalyptic stories lately, and this one seems to be kind of taking a different stance. And also, um, in the back matter, you find out that the writer's wife is actually a prominent um, environmental like writer, and so I think he was inspired to write this book based on the facts that his wife is is kind of digging out about the environment and, what we, and like environmental change hmm. so i thought that was really interesting as well so yeah definitely. That, yeah 
a lot more based in fact than most science fiction slash post-apocalyptic stories are. Right. But there's a lot of fantastical machine stuff in it too. So. <laughs> Which is fun. Yes, definitely. Very cool. Okay. Well, I think that will lead us now to our main course which is sound a comic anthology uh it is edited by um Bujet tan and sheris Lok. uh this was darcy's choice uh, do you want to uh, kind of give us a quick rundown slash uh, let us know why, why you picked this work this week uh yeah this is one i mentioned like way way back ago last year i don't think back ago is a phrase i think <laughs> long ago might be where i was going with that i just um, said slash so i think it's okay <laughs> yeah something like that um so a while ago back the last time i talked about budget tan's uh uh comic um I mentioned that, oh yeah, and he's doing, you know, along with that whole Netflix thing, he's also doing uh, an anthology comic, Sound. I'll talk about it the next time I find out and buy it. And I found out and bought it. So now I'm talking about it. So the um, anthology comic that he helped edit is Sound, a comic anthology. And it is uh, me, once again, promoting uh, my Southeast Asian comic love um and the idea behind the whole thing uh was he and cheris loki or um, i'm actually not sure how they pronounce that last name if it's loki or whatever i'm not sure and i apologize um they kind of sent out the request or the idea that it was you take a non uh non-visual concept of sound and visualize it through comic storytelling um so obviously i think the most obvious way to do this would be through onomatopoeia um but that's not always the way that each of these individual creators did it uh, and some of them were incredibly clever with their storytelling I kind of expected more stories about music, um, but there were really only two stories, I think, Mm -hmm. about music in in the comic out of 13. Mm -hmm. There were 13 stories in this anthology. I think there were two. One was folk, which was um, a story about a woman who finds a community of uh, supernatural people who have a karaoke um, bar. Uh, And she sings with them in this um, karaoke bar and then goes off to become a professional singer and then uh, comes back when the owner of the karaoke bar gets put in prison for protesting uh, and all the spirit uh, supernatural beings and her break the owner out of prison together through song. Uh, I really liked that one. And then there was another one about um, a woman and her father um, yeah. going on road trips together and uh, how they always have to like check the car to make sure all the cars that they bought, they always had to check to make sure that they had good uh, sound systems and stuff, mm-hmm. which I thought was really sweet. But those are really the only two about music. I was kind of surprised, like how many other different 
types of sound that they came to. Like most of them were about communication and language uh, other than um, than music. I, I was really surprised. That's not what I expected when I bought it. I expected more music. So what we decided to do, I think, was for each of us to pick like one that we mm -hmm. really, really liked. Mm -hmm. There were 13. Um, so we, we didn't want to talk about all of them completely because <laughs> no. that would take a while. So we kind of picked out one that we really, really liked and we would talk about that. I um, <laughs> cheated and picked two because one of them is silent. Mm -hmm. um, so I figured I would also talk about the silent one, but it's awesome. silent. So it's quick to talk about. Um, and then um, kind of give an overall view. So Brian, if you want to go first. Uh, sure, I'll, I'll go first, definitely. Um, I, well, I actually almost chose folk. Um, I really enjoy it. And I was like, and, and you know how when, um, you know, cause the whole time I'm thinking, oh, which, which story am I going to pick? And, and of course, the first one, I'm like, oh, this is great. And I'm like, I don't, but I don't want to be like, I just picked the first one. Because <laughs> like, you know. So, but I had kept it behind. I kept it in the back of my head the entire the entire time while reading through all the rest of the stories, um, and then I came across um, another one that I really enjoyed that I'm going to talk about, which is uh, the cat who barks, um, and it is written and illustrated by Brian Arafandi, and uh, um, he spells his name with a Y, which some people would say is the correct way. Actually, I would agree. I think that Y sounds better than the I that I have. <laughs> But uh, so this is a, a story. It kind of has a, um, a almost like a, a magical school vibe to it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I, I am a fan of magical schools. I'm not going to mention one by name, but right. uh, shall it, not be it, named. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, this story is about the top student. Uh, in the uh, in his grade who gets the top grades and of course his name is Grady which I I enjoyed <laughs> that Grady is the guy who gets the grades um, and he's very much by the book he's very much like the textbooks say this this is the way the world is this is why he's the best student because he is basically like a b c d this is you know, there's no, there's no questioning what we're, what we're learning. Um, but on the way home one day in the middle of the night, um, after studying a lot for a long time, um, he hears a bark and he looks and he sees not a dog, but a cat <laughs> and it kind of confuses him and he's looking at it. And then all, he's like, Oh, that, that must be my imagination. And then the cat literally in front of his face goes woof. <laughs> so there's no question that this cat is barking. So he runs away kind of like what the hell just happened. And he then, um, and then he, he even talks to uh, one of his teachers and says, Hey, do cats ever bark? And the teacher's like, no, no, it's in the textbook. Cats always meow. And, and then he's like, okay, fine. I must have just imagined this. So on the way home again today, he comes by a, a group of cats and they all bark at him. And so once again, he's very much like, oh, well, this must have not been my imagination. Then a guy who uh, looks like the Hamburglar um <laughs> you know you're, you're you're very much your your classic striped horizontal shirt with a with a mask on he shoots one of the cats with some kind of liquid and the cat falls over and when the cat gets back up 
it's meowing. And the 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 the, the guy is making something no one wants want, wants cats that bark. And so when um so the the boy say is is trying to to say one cat but the cat ends up getting hit by this liquid and then he looks down at the cat and this is the same cat that has barked at him twice now and the cat meows and then he's like oh like why is he you know you know like like now he's surprised so flashback to the next morning in school and he's going to take his test and he is struggling because he happens to come across a question of the which is basically the duck quacks and the cat a hisses barks c meows or d moves and he doesn't know what to put because <laughs> he's heard both and that the whole structure of uh of education is has been put to question <laughs> so so i i enjoyed it uh specifically for that um because it is really easy especially at, as a kid when you're learning to just take everything at face value and that there's no deviations there's no there's there's no gray area essentially everything when you're a kid is black and white and this is the story of that and the cat who barks is definitely a huge gray area and it kind of i'm assuming will leads to the uh you know, like basically to the assumption of, of you kind of, you know, read everything, take everything at, at value, but at the same time, don't be, don't be uh, surprised if it turns out that it's not completely true. So. <laughs> I loved that one. Like that was one of my favorites too. I also like, it felt really a lot about conformity. Mm -hmm. Like it had to match the textbook it wasn't just that he had to see it because it was like the textbook that cat had to match what the textbook said the moon has to follow you because the textbook says it does and the cat has to say meow because the textbook says it does so we have to make sure that the cat meows so i was like you know it's like uh gay conversion therapy or something it's like I that that guy's going over there and he's forcing that cat to say meow absolutely I didn't even like, think about that. That's cool. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Plus, also, I think his his artwork it very much looks like a very more refined Brian Lee O'Malley like kind of style, and I I really enjoyed like that uh that that kind of style of artwork as well. I really, really liked the artwork. It was sketchy but like the cats were some of the most adorable cats I've ever seen. <laughs> I loved those cats so much. Like I could read an entire like 40 volume comic just about those cats. <laughs> the little boy was adorable. The little girl was adorable. The teacher I could take or leave. Yeah. The hamburger I could take or leave. But those <laughs> cats just like because there was a whole gang of them and they were all like little unique cats. That was some great cat artwork. Oh no, totally. And I I love it when black cats are are drawn and, and like and colored just like where they're just eyes and they're just you know like a silhouette almost. So that's yes. yeah. So Agreed. I definitely definitely enjoyed that. Great cats. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's definitely. awesome. And cats make everything better. So totally accuracy. Definitely. All right. Well, I'm going to pass the baton to Carrie. Oh, okay. Um, you want to go next? I do. 
So I chose um, Bonus Points by Benjamin Chi and um, written and illustrated by him. And I liked it because this was, I, okay, faithful listeners and fellow podcasters. So I don't have time normally to read during like my usual week. So I will read whatever we're supposed to read in like the three hours I have of a break before we record. And it's also because this is how I do my schoolwork too. It's also the freshest for me that I can talk about it. So um, I, oh no, I just lost the page. Um, so I chose, I knew Brian was doing the, um, the cat who barks and I knew uh, the ones that Darcy had chosen. So I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to find one that looks cool right away. Cause I'm a visual person, I guess off the bat. And so bonus points, if you just flipping through the artwork at first, it was very like gamey to me. Like these look like mm. characters I had maybe felt that I had seen before. Not that they're not original, but just like the artwork was really like, all, like almost chibi type of cute little drawings. And so I really liked that. And then, um, uh, so the story about bonus points is actually a student um, named Ayu Daya, and she's um, she's fighting monsters, and she has to use like her inner eye to go ahead and see how to destroy the monster, and um, she has a, a an instructor person, like someone like a mentor sort of named um, Siku, and she constantly asks them like how to you know defeat the monster and I guess basically the monsters are manifestations of bad vibes and so you kill them by counteracting them with good vibes but you have to do it in like succession of verbal almost like incantations and so um Ayu has to say certain words in a certain order to ban like to banish this monster or destroy it so she's working because she has to create uh good energy and good vibes and so one of the main lessons in this is like if you think you can't do it or you're thinking negatively that there's like no good vibes around for you to draw from like you actually need to like draw from your good energy and like think positively and so she's fighting this crazy, crazy ass monster. And she's trying all of her incantations that she knows. And it, like, she's trying to figure out the different successions of them. And she's trying in earnest and she can't, she can't destroy the monster. Like there's so many bad vibe knots in the monster that she can't do it. And um, Siku, it's like such a great part of the story. Siku gets to her and helps like destroys the monster with her. And says essentially like, you were sent here on a clerical error. <laughs> you shouldn't have been doing this by yourself because you need help. And so she's like, I'm not losing my favorite student like to a clerical error. So they have to do it together, <laughs> which I really loved because I was just like, oh my gosh. Yeah, that seems like that would happen to a lot of people. And then um, it's just, it was really cool because I think it taught about friendship and, and it taught about how working together and again, just like that positive energy. Like if we have positive energy, we attract the like, and if we have negative energy, we attract the like. So using all of that together to go ahead and um, combat something that's, you know, air quotes, like 
evil or bad. It was really, it was just a really sweet story. And FYI, this is one of the few stories that didn't make me cry because I had actually read Blabber and I was going Blabber, to yes. Blabber. Yes. And then I got towards the last half of Blabber and I was just like, fuck my life. I'm not doing this. <laughs> it was so sad. That was also and then I was going to do the one about, um, I was at called On Off with the father daughter. On Off and, is one of my favorite. And it on, was, on Off is not a father daughter. Oh, okay. No. What's, what's the one with the father daughter? The, the, the one with the radio. The one uh, with the radio. Uh, I forget the name of it, but that's It's one, like road, road Trip or something. Is that called yeah. Road Trip? Um, road Trip Radio. Road Trip Radio, yes. I'm very close to my father and I'm very much like a daddy's girl, even at, you know, almost 40 or whatever. And r- reading that and oh god it, that killed me too I was like I can't because Brian was like oh you should try reading this one like maybe that's the one you like because I know about your relationship with your dad I'm like oh yeah I'll read it and then I read it and I'm just like tears streaming down my face so like I can't do this let's just but bonus points is really good I mean and um I bonus started points is adorable it's adorable and I started following um Benjamin Shee on Instagram at Charcu space and his artwork's awesome he's actually a so good a game like a game person like he draws like animates is it is he an animator or does he do the artwork I, I think he does um like game animation yeah because that's what it I, this was my it like it wasn't my favorite story necessarily but it was my favorite use of the sound element mm-hmm. like taking that non-visual and making it visual or whatever because you're counteracting sound waves mm-hmm. with like bad vibes good vibes it's mm-hmm. like that counteracting of sound waves there's a lot of clever stuff done in this story mm-hmm. and you're right that artwork is just so adorable they're like very squishy and <laughs> yeah, like totally. they're so cute and the visualization of um i think we're so used to in america uh, seeing like we're so used to seeing Japanese manga and like Chinese cinema. So we're used to a certain kind of like Asian uh, fight styles and Asian uh, clothing and Mm -hmm. Asian mysticism. And this looks similar, but different. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it was fun seeing that those elements because he's like, I think Malaysian Singaporean. Um, so it was it's similar but it's different and it's unique Um, and plus you've got that thing that we've all done if we play video games which is go to a level you're not yet prepared for (laughs) yeah oh yeah so it's incredibly relatable (laughs) yeah definitely nowadays open world games (laughs) oh i i always go the wrong direction i'll fight a lionel in birth of the wild whatever (laughs) (laughs) hello there (laughs) there's a really sweet panel in bonus points where ayu is like yeah i'm gonna get the guy and i'm paraphrasing i'm gonna get it and then she's like no i'm not i'm going to fail and I'm mm. going to die. And in the three square space, she goes from completely optimistic to like so upset. Mm. And it's it, it's just a really f- like finessed way of drawing her that I thought was done really well. Mm-hmm. Because again, it's you pick up on those visual cues of her feelings and you're like, oh, I've been there. I know what she's feeling. Like that, that complete like, you just have lost all hope type of thing. So it was really, it's, it's really fun. They're super cute. It's a, 
and you're right it's a it's a different art style that I'm not used to seeing but I'm totally behind like I want to I just want to eat all of his stuff like it looks so good and it's just it's so his artwork is awesome if you can go to his Instagram uh, or sign up for email notifications on his website like I did today you're going to be in for a treat because he does a lot of amazing work with cats too yes with lots of cats who are shopping mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I sent pictures to Brian yeah. Out of context too, and I'm like, oh great, <laughs> like, shopping cats. Yeah, this is this is amazing. Like, what is this? Yeah, jealous. Um, um, I I love I love when stories dive into the magic of words, and 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 this stuff this this story definitely has that in it, where it you know like you know incantations and everything. Those those are are the words that we're saying, and what you feel behind those words is how things can be inflected upon other people and uh, you know so that's what you know the kind of like the true part of the true meaning of the story is is that is that it's not just what you say it's how you say it and and like and also like you said you know trying to be positive <laughs> which is gonna be difficult <laughs> it can be yes yeah and and in in the matter you know you can say the most beautiful thing to someone but if you're coming off like you know like mumbling or or you're kind of saying it you know kind of like darkly then it's not going to sound great and, and vice versa you know like you just need the you know have that positivity behind the inflection and, and it can definitely help out someone's day that's accurate. Yeah, I, I definitely felt the same way, how it had that video game feel to it. Yeah, it definitely had that balance, like mm -hmm. bonus points for the school, like it's schoolwork bonus points, or you can yeah. definitely have that rating of like yeah. bonus points in a video game kind of thing. Yeah, that's I, actually I, yeah. an excellent point, yeah. And this is definitely another story about schooling, like just like the cat who barks, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was pretty cool too. Okay, Darcy. All right, Darcy. Okay, I like I said at the top, I I didn't cheat because it's my thing. I, I did whatever I, the heck I wanted and <laughs> I picked two. Uh, so the first one I did was uh, Hockey and for Beginners, uh, which was kind of me doing the same thing Brian did, which was I read the first one, Falk, and I loved it. And I was like, but maybe I shouldn't pick the first one. And instead, <laughs> I picked the second one. Yes. Uh, it's by Nicolette Lee. Um, and it's really interesting. A lot of these felt to me like biography comics. I'm not sure if they were necessarily, but this kind of felt like that. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it felt like somebody's personal story. Uh, the idea is you've got this main character who has um, uh, Chinese dyslexia. Um, she can, she like has problems reading Chinese characters, um, as well as kind of like speaking and it, it's giving her problems listening, uh, to Hokkien. And so, which, uh, gives her problems, uh, speaking to some of her, uh, Chinese only speaking family, specifically her grandmother, who is also having problem, like having her own health problems, like just this myriad of health problems that she's having as she gets mm -hmm. older. And she, her grandmother's struggling with her family who is wanting to take care of her and 
like she's got a um, arm that's no longer functioning properly and they're like oh mom you know like let us cook for you and she's like no I can cook for myself um, and I really liked the way this was done visually um, the Hokkien was not translated because it's through the granddaughter's point of view and since she couldn't hear or since she didn't understand uh, the Hokkien um, most of the time it was like this smear of black but the more she began to understand it at least a little bit because she found a friend who had an app uh, that helped her to understand it there's um, a, a, a lot of good apps that help uh, dyslexia awesome. uh, English dyslexia as well um, you can find them on iPhone you can find them on Android they're very useful uh, with dyslexia and I wasn't aware that there were the, some for like variations of Chinese dyslexia but apparently there are and it goes into this so she's got a friend that has it with um, not Hokkien, but a different form of Chinese dyslexia and she gets help and like the further on that she goes with this, like those smears start to take on form. And so like she sees like almost a soccer ball in one, it's huh. like doesn't change into the words, but it kind of changes more into the image into okay. like an iconograph. Um, so like her friend says, I can't read it yet, but I'm getting better at listening. Awesome. And it, it's this really interesting way of, uh, visually exploring again, sound and visually exploring language mm -hmm. and this relationship between the granddaughter and the grandmother who can't really speak directly to each other, but who have this sort of understanding through like, this uh, this frustration they both have because like the family makes fun of the granddaughter for her inability to properly understand Chinese and they continue to frustrate the grandmother with her uh, struggles to uh, you know accept her age and her her disabilities and then you kind of fast forward through in time and grandmother gets really, really sick and is dying basically and comes against like a do not resuscitate order. And the granddaughter kind of says, listen, you know, she's basically never talked to her directly, but she kind of thinks back on all of these words that she never really actually understood but she understood and she's like you know you know she wouldn't want this and so it's about understanding people you might not understand and i love it so much mm -hmm. um awesome. and so that one i thought was maybe not the most fantastical use of that visual use of sound but i thought it was the most interesting maybe um, because the way it used the language of sound. Um, I, I really like the way it handled kind of the words and changing them as it went on in the story. I liked that a lot. That's awesome. No, it, yeah, I, I love the, the kind of the, the word bubbles with the, with the smudges and the symbols in it. Like the, the one that I really, really enjoyed 
uh, was um, towards the end with with the grandma when she's basically telling um, the 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 person telling the stories um, brother I think uh, that mm. sh- that she can that she can basically do things on her own and it's essentially it's like six smudges in the shape of a palm of a hand essentially yes like, kind of like saying stop plus also like I'm I can handle this like Aww. you know so right I, yeah and so um you know and we live with someone who um who has you know has a disability and and so it is it is a very very fine um you know like you know path that you have to take you know because you want to help but at the same time you have to understand that they don't necessarily want help every time because they still want to be able to do things themselves I'm straight up crying because this is just like that that was so it's I don't have words it's just like that hits me on a lot of different levels and it's um I'm glad I didn't read that one because I was already (laughs) crying a lot today (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's 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 one of the I definitely cried a lot in it it was a really yeah. good comic it was a very moving comic I think you know everybody knows somebody that has absolutely it, it and it's gonna get worse baby boomers our parents mm-hmm. none of us can afford to put any of them in nursing homes we're all too poor yeah mm-hmm. and the system isn't set up for us to afford it you know it's it's gonna get worse and they're all stubborn assholes mm-hmm. <laughs> let's be honest I love <laughs> I love yeah. my father but he's got I can't even imagine it's gonna be awful um maybe he'll maybe he'll be great maybe he'll mellow as he gets really old <laughs> I can't imagine I can't even imagine um but yeah it's it's gonna you know it's it's something i think absolutely everybody on this planet can understand and and empathize with and it was just really really beautifully handled and and yeah it it was it was definitely something to cry over i i actually after reading um this story i picked up um my copy of uh, say it with noodles by Shingen Core, and I feel mm, like they're very mm, much mm. companion pieces. Um, Absolutely, because there is a part where essentially they're cooking together, and and that's yes. kind of how they're communicating is how is 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 basically by making food, and that's what that right. whole the say with noodles is about as well. So, um, I it definitely kind of a, a shadow drop of another recommendation in there. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, also probably why I liked it. Yeah, it reminded me very much of Say It With Noodles. Super All right, my second was On Off by Zhi Min, uh, writers, Zhi uh, Min, Richard Fua, and artist uh, Zhao Yan. Um, it is the only quote-unquote uh, silent comic in the book. Uh, there are words, but there are no word bubbles yes um you have a character who uh a woman she wakes up in the morning uh, though not out of bed she wakes up out of this like shell in the earth and she goes out into the world and goes to work and as she goes out into the world and goes to work she sees these like blank faces of people and in these blank faces all she sees is like criticism Mm -hmm. 
like um basically things like you know you'll never be good enough you'll never get a man you'll never be a lawyer kind of thing mm -hmm. like you know just this that and the other and um the more she gets in like that day and the more that she sees criticism um she moves on and she kind of goes towards a um a shrine um like a physical shrine that as she stands before it becomes greater um and obviously not like in her world physical but kind of like a full-on mystical um bigger than her takes over a shrine that kind of comes out and tells her you know like why haven't you done more with your life kind of thing <laughs> um and then kind of like she pulls herself apart and then goes back home and goes to sleep in her little hole and um that's the end of it and i thought that was really interesting uh it was painful i think to read mm -hmm. but obviously it was the artwork is very kind of sharp and very jagged the hole that she comes in and or comes out of and goes back into is a very kind of jagged one all of the lines that she's she's around are very sharp mm -hmm. and i think that's very intentional um it it felt very pointed especially like now i think a lot of people have those sorts of um you know i i think it's not people aren't aware that a lot of people are depressed now and feeling yeah. unhappy with themselves mm -hmm. and so it, it felt again like something that was relatable for people. Mm -hmm. And so I, I thought that that one was well done. Yes. And situated where it was in the comic, I felt it was very well put as sort of like a, you know, moving from one place for another in the comic. It was like this, this, this point of very sad calm mm -hmm. almost. And it is a very poignant depiction of like depression because, you know, like I'm sure these people's faces, the ones that she's reading as being negative towards her are not necessarily being that way, but it's so easy to just like, you know, it, take your thoughts about yourself, mm -hmm. negative thought, and put them on someone else's and go, mm -hmm. oh, they're all thinking this about me. They're all looking at, at pandas having kids. And oh, yeah, definitely. They all think pandas that I can't, having kids. <laughs> I can't have kids. And pandas are the the worst made the worst at having kids yeah, yeah exactly so it's like no you're you're probably better than a panda don't worry um, and uh but who cares if, if you're not you know but but yeah no it's totally easy just to to like re effectively read the world you know like in to your own tune you know like and like in like think that oh everyone thinks i'm terrible and like i'm ugly or i'm you know i'm a loser but most people don't even care <laughs> you know it's like and that's a good thing you know so it's that like, is a good thing it yes. is you know it's like but you're, um you're the center of your own world yeah exactly you know and so i actually i read this one too and i actually really like the visualization of what you guys were saying of looking at someone and not seeing them 
because mm. I do that a lot in moments of like, I, I have like really bad anxiety. So um, in with people I don't know or in public situations, I'm looking at someone, but I'm looking like past them and through them. And I'm just thinking thoughts as opposed to actually seeing the person. So yeah. it's, uh, I just thought that was a really clever way of saying, of visualizing that. Cause I'm like, oh, well, I get that. I've done right. that before. Right. Yeah. And I, I didn't expect a silent comic in mm -hmm. yeah. this anthology is yeah. since they were supposed to be not supposed to be since the concept was visualizing sound i didn't s expect a silent comic in here so i was um impressed that they did this mm -hmm. um uh, that whole the like the shattering there there were no onomatopoeias with it mm -hmm. but like i heard it when mm -hmm. i saw it when like she shattered i i could feel that i could hear that when i watched it happen it was it was i thought very well done super cool no uh, absolutely and um that kind of leads into a couple like big compliments i have about about this entire anthology one um the easy way out would be to you know like have every everything you know like have sound and have voices have mm -hmm. uh, have automatopias you know in your in your in your in your stories and there are hardly any automatopias and that's such there a good aren't. and and so this is an anthology about, about sound <laughs> so i love the fact that, that that it was it was has been it was taken so i i feel like all the creators took it seriously enough where it wasn't like an easy cop out. I think the one that was there, it wasn't an onomatopoeia technically, but like the one that really stood out was like in folk again, to bring it back to the one, none of us did, but that all of us, <laughs> um, no. uh, to the panel, two, two of the panels in folk were written out as the word sleep. Yes. Oh which catch that, that yeah, yeah the, the this, panel the panel shape was sleep sleep which aren't necessarily like onomatopoeias but no but it, it's definitely a clever way to use the medium like like yeah it was the, kind of like oh sleep sleep yeah, you know like, yeah. and it's drifting off and everything. yeah so yeah mm -hmm. yeah no, totally. i thought that was clever that that was and um since we have talked about folks so many times, let's let's do a quick shout out on the creator Paolo Chikumako. Yeah, or, and Borg Sinbon. Yes, and Sinabon. I think there's an A there. Yes, there is. Yeah, I'm on a phone, <laughs> and that's really tiny. Yeah, and I'm blind, and I'm on a we're on a 12 inch uh, iPad, and it's just, it, it sometimes the eyes don't work well. Um, just to shout out a couple others while we're there, because yes. there's 13 of them. Mm -hmm. um, voices and votes. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought was probably like one of those that was um the most regional like yes because it's about uh like the filipino political system mm -hmm. like there were a couple that were really regional um and that was about the filipino political system like speak up for your politics or whatever and i thought that was really really interesting i 
don't have a lot of background in the Filipino political system outside of like some of my coworkers were Filipino and we talk about it sometimes, but I didn't have a huge background in it. Um, and that was really, really interesting. The text was a little bit small, so I, I had problems reading it on a smaller format. I definitely had to get it out on my full laptop size, um, full tablet, you know, like 13 inches could read it really good. Um, but um, once I did that, like the art was really detailed, really beautiful. So I thought that one was really good. On that uh, softly saying. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, that was really good. Yeah. And please help with stuff because I'm not that great. So it looks like a, a young woman is having issues and she goes to someone to help her. Um, and maybe she doesn't want to hear mama's voice anymore. So this person's going to like take that away. And I'm not entirely sure how, but the girl is going through what, I mean, my interpretation is that the girl's going through the memories of all, like, basically the bullshit her mom's telling her, which, so as a child, it's super hurtful to hear, like, your parents criticizing you or your parents, like, saying, why aren't you doing this or blah, 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 blah. But, like, as an adult, you look at it and you're like, yeah, it's shitty, but that's what most parents do. They do like ask you, well, why aren't you getting better marks in school? Like, why aren't you like, what's going on? And it's sometimes it does come off extremely harsh and I'm aware of that. Um, but as she's going through the memories of all of these things of, and the girl plays flute, like she's like go, make, being forced to go to flute lessons. And so um, she's, her mom's like, why aren't you doing better at flute? Okay. And so the girl is talking about how you know, she's reliving all these memories. And then there's a point where she hears the ringtone of her, of her mom's phone and it's the girl playing. And so she realizes that maybe in moments of when she thought her mom wasn't around or when her mom didn't care, her mom was actually a big supporter of her, like in her own way. And she had recorded the girl playing and used that like exclusively as her ringtone. So the girl then flips in her memory bank to like the times of her having a good time with her mom and kind of bonding and 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 just spending time together. And, and then, all the times her mom said supportive yeah, things. Yeah, and then that, that she was really good, like a good mom. And then she just sobs out of nowhere with the lady. And I don't know who that lady is just kind her? of like a local magician kind okay. of local um you know like your local witchy kind of lady okay like that's what i thought list. that's what i thought but i i didn't know and then um and then at and then at the end she comes in with her mom and her mom tells the girl to tell this woman her good news and basically she passed all her stuff and she was doing really well and so it's the, you know, I think, I don't know. It was really nice. I, I and, and maybe because I missed the nuances, but I'm not entirely sure how that relates to the theme of sound other than 
what we hear people say and how we was, interpret that. She was going to take away her voice. Oh, okay. Thank yeah, she you. was going to take away her ability to hear her mom's voice. Oh, okay. And then she realizes that there's also good things that she's going to miss out on. Okay. As well. And, but there's a one panel. It's a single page um, where it's uh, the girl in the car and it's just a bunch of word bubbles that have nothing in them and exclamation marks and X's and question marks. I and just, like sensor bars. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, that, that yeah. <laughs> when, you're being, <laughs> when you're being chewed out, that's a really good depiction of it, especially when you're a kid and like you don't want to mm-hmm. hear it, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's just, yeah, kind of the realization that, that, they're not parents are not trying to harm you (laughs) they're they're trying to help and like no one's perfect once again so it's like you know like maybe maybe you don't take it the the right way but it's never out of out of ill will you know for most parents it's it's trying to help absolutely and sometimes not the best way a few others on the list uh blabber is one we all kind of talked about which was about a a guy and his wife or girlfriend they were moving house uh their house uh in other countries uh some people you don't get to own the land in perpetuity (laughs) you don't get to give it down to your heirs for forever uh so they are um their father has died or her father his father has died and so they're taking uh, they didn't have video cameras and so uh what they had was tapes and so they basically made together with their father like the father and the son and the daughter together made um radio plays mm-hmm. about like being in space and whatever and i really loved that one because yeah. i like radio serials uh, and it's just like this sweet thing about this man telling i think she was his wife um uh, about how they used to make radio serials with their father and mm-hmm. it's just a cute little story super cute um signals which was mm-hmm. a story about um which i thought was maybe the most uh unique way to use the concept of sound quote unquote uh used it as um sort of safe and sound sig um uh instead of like necessarily uh sound waves kind of sound it was the idea of safe and sound uh which i thought was interesting uh it was a person who is part of the lgbtq community uh, and how they exist day to day in a society that um they are not safe in and um, every day they kind of have this threat assessment uh, and how safe they are on any given day in any given environment. And it was sad, but very well done. Um, I thought the art was very good, but it was a very sad story. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was really well done, really well told, but definitely super sad call was probably one i didn't really relate to or yeah necessarily like at all i liked the art a lot uh, it's basically kind of set in a future uh place where um it's a post-apocalypse um uh, this person rides a bike every day by a temple uh, that has basically been abandoned there is i guess no religion or no gods um and they hear this call and uh basically kind of they awaken um 
God or gods. Uh, the call is probably, a, a, that's probably maybe the closest thing we get to an onomatopoeia. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the sound coming out of the temple. Yeah, the, the sound that comes out of the temple. It's not actually words, no. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely like sound waves, if anything. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> it, 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 it almost looks like the way words would look like if you're listening through a thick wall. You know, yes, like, so, very so, kind of squiggly. Yeah, that depiction of like just muffled but the art was very beautiful yes no totally definitely i didn't necessarily like the story though it's yeah kind uh, of boring. that one was kind of a, of a mystery and i and i agree with you with the, the the art but but yeah i um i that was one of the few ones too where i i actually had to read it like two times to totally get what was going on that that, that one it was good but it was just like i i didn't it didn't hit me like some of the other ones here did um yeah uh, also, uh, whispers of the earth. Um, whispers of the earth. Yeah. Yeah, that one. Um, that was actually um, a, a, a quick pick. You know, I was I was thinking about doing that. That was actually when um, when we were when I was first reading this once again. It's like, oh, the first one's great. Yeah, and like, oh, the second one's really good too. Like, I want to pick that one. And then the third one comes up, and I'm like, I better not like this one because. <laughs> but, but, but no, I that this is the third one, and I ended up enjoying it as well. And once again, this is a very um, local story just like the mm. um just like the one about um about voting um and, and and essentially it's about how stories can help save you know save lives essentially like 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 the 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 the, the oral tradition is what keeps people functioning and, and, and moving on through society and like the the story of like there you know basically there's a folk tale uh, about what happened decades and decades ago about centuries how, and centuries ago oh, so, so, yeah, yeah um and about how there was an earthquake and the, the water disappeared and then all of a sudden huge tidal waves came and like a tsunami essentially came in and wiped out a bunch of of the villages on this island so that story was prevalent through generations and when there was another earthquake just like that um like the story said and the water had disappeared uh this entire tiny small island who had really no connection with the rest of, of the world knew what to do which was go find the high ground and and to and wait out this giant wave that's going to come out so was it over seventy thousand people on this island or something like that 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 were saved because of this one story yeah, because they remember that story. And that's something like people in Phuket, Thailand still tell is like they um, they have like a story like that that they tell and pass down. Same thing. Awesome. And the, the creator of this um, of this one, too, um, is I think Malaysia Thai is what they put on their creator list. And so yeah i mean it's exactly true it's like we pass down these stories and they're important yeah just even like the most inane like like fable has importance exactly and the last one i think was out of sight yes and it was it's about a girl who uh cannot speak or hear yes um and she um uh, but she can see 
sound as monsters, basically. And at first she is afraid of them, uh, but then she learns that they are not harmful and she learns to kind of love them and see that they're beautiful. And they are. I really liked the artwork in this one. Yeah, no, uh, I like, I love, I love little monsters. So yeah, this was just. (laughs) That's kind of what it was. I love little monsters, little, like little squirrely, wiggly, shadowy monster kind of things that like follow her around. And when she drops something, they come out of the ground and explode because, you know, it's representations of sound, visual representations of sound. Exactly. Exactly what they should be for this anthology. Yeah, I thought that one was cute. Totally, definitely. And so, yeah, I think that's about every story. I think that's Um, every single story. Oh, one thing, um, I there was kind of a um, a very uniform ink and color work throughout the entire anthology. Very all blue scale. Yeah, Mm -hmm. very blue scale. It it reminded me of like inking with like a like a ballpoint pen. Yeah, I'd be interested to know like why that decision was made. I didn't Mm -hmm. see anything in the in the like intro that said why why they made that choice but it it was a good choice because it was very visually attractive it was easy to read yeah blue's nice on the eyeballs yeah it really is definitely and um you know and like look you've said you know earlier even with when it comes to a lot of indie books you know when they're using the one color scheme it's usually a pastel color so it it was also nice to have kind of a darker blue and sometimes it was a light blue you know but still it was it was nice shades of of of, of a color we don't normally see that much anymore in the yeah nor- normally it is in grayscale, but they they did choose something different and it was it was a good choice because it was an easy it was an easy read and it was a comfortable read and it was an attractive read really quick darcy thank you for the recommendation yes. it was really good and I'm I'm very very happy to support uh, Southeast Asian comic, like and like comic artists and everything. Just because now that I have an introduction to it, it's it's amazing. It's it's it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Well, I'm glad you guys liked it. I was hoping you would. I was hoping I would. It was my first time through it too. Um, I hadn't read it yet either. Um, I hadn't necessarily been putting it off. I just hadn't yet bought it um mm-hmm. and and yeah i just you know friggin a i hope more people read it i hope yeah. more people get to it and, and it, it actually this was kind of kind of boils down into our our round table that we're gonna have we're gonna move on then to our final portion of our podcast which is the round table section of uh, darcy i've already made you describe everything on on this book and you do you want me to kind of take the helm here and kind of um, talk about what the round table is going to be about or do you want to give it a, a shot um no i can do it i'm i'm okay. capable okay I, oh, yeah. I, if, if you don't mind no i'm i'm perfectly capable i do believe uh so round table today uh i think obviously the answer to the, this question that i'm going to ask already is going to be money because the answer is always money we're in a capitalist society mm-hmm. but if you set aside money why do we not get more comics from more varied geographic locations uh, in other media, say literature, 
uh, film, we do manage this. Mm-hmm. We get Mexican comics. I'm not Mexican comics. We get Mexican literature. We get uh, African literature. We get literature from Russia. We don't seem to get that with comics. And we know they must exist because they have comic conventions in these countries so creators exist there we have artists who exist there and who work for the big two sometimes because they're cheaper and so the big two employ them (laughs) just not something they necessarily always want to admit but it's definitely what they do Mm -hmm. um so you and obviously by the fact this book we just read exists mm-hmm. uh, we know that the content is there but we're not getting the comics to come over um why do you think it has to be interest obviously if there was interest it would come over because the money would be there mm-hmm manga comes over because there's interest why do you think people aren't interested i i think um the reason why and and the reason why manga is what what is imported when it comes to um comics are translated is because of the because the interest was created uh first on on a visual on 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 a, on a different medium which was like was like anime and mm-hmm. And that got people into in, into like the idea of Japanese like artwork and uh, Japanese like you know the, the cartoons in Japan, right? And which are mostly based on manga. And so a lot of these these people who got into them, um, you know, they they wanted to check out the source materials and see where all these wonderful stories are coming from. And so that I think created the the interest of of manga um to come to the u.s and like you know the 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 big factor here is is money because it it then makes it worth it it makes it worth it for those for the companies to to translate things um you know so also um a lot of the manga that was translated initially was the manga that's very similar to Western comics, superhero comics. I mean, mm-hmm. you can't tell me that Goku from Dragon Ball is not a superhero. And in so, I mean, yes, he, <laughs> no, I agree. Yeah. So, so he, you know, and obviously it's from a different approach and a different style, but, but yeah, those were the, that's what was originally initially popular. And the big two, DC and Marvel, they have their own, they have their own characters, they have their own, um, their own their own uh you know like lore so they're they're not going to spend the time or the money to find new voices or or necessarily new stories that they can bring over that they have to pay the money to find a translator and have them either be paid by the word or by the page or you know you know and you know they're just going to stick with you know their their batman comics in english or you know or their x-men comics in english you know it's it, that's just the price so and a lot of these comics from other countries don't necessarily have like the superhero element to it and so the comic companies that would be interested in importing them would be like 
like the boom the boom studios or the or the image comics or something like that the ones that might you know that are kind of smaller image is not really that small but but you know what i mean like it's not you know like they, they might not have the the pocketbook to to take a risk and translate a bunch of of books that are not from countries that they normally translate from i don't disagree but i'm saying take the money element out of it yeah because the money i think comes second mm -hmm. interest first because like you said or even even now i think comics manga comes over anime comes over almost after interest is developed like people interest develops in a project that already exists it has a fan base and then somebody will bring it over mm -hmm. so how do we like how do we get an interest developed in a foreign property that isn't manga because because that interest happens for other media mm -hmm. it, it it exists for literature it exists in film but we oh. don't seem to have it as much in comics except for manga yeah and and i know we had like lion forge for a while was doing a lot of european translations Mm. And but at, at the same time, I don't know how much interest was behind that. And that that is a really good question because it's like the, the obvious answer would be like get it out to 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 Western audiences, to English speaking audiences, and they're gonna start reading it if it's good. But at the same time, it like it's cart before the horse thing, you know, like very much cart before, yeah. You know, and like so does the risk want to be taken? Right. Especially when it's hard to get people to read already existing English comics. Exactly. I mean, so, I, I do get it. Like, I, oh, go ahead. This may be not an educated way of putting it, but I feel like people are just xenophobic racist assholes. Mm. And if it's mm. not, if it's not like, the Dragon Ball Z, the One Piece, and I'm not discounting them as being like art or good because I think if you're into that sort of, or Sailor Moon or whatever, if you're into that, you obviously enjoy it and it's good for you and likes and dislikes are subjective anyways. But I feel that there's just something inherently racist about us Westerners or whatever, not wanting to go out of our comfort zone when it's something that we're not used to and I think it's shitty because I think a lot of people will eat southeastern Asian food and they'll you know like certain things from the cult like they'll pick what they like of the culture but they won't give the culture they won't give the people money or time and that I've never understood and I just I feel like that's part of like a part of the problem is that people just don't they like what they like and then they don't want to deal with anything that's new to them yeah. and i could be wrong but that's just how i'm interpreting it yeah it's like i feel like there are more ways to engage with a lot of what exists out there because 
all of these countries again because like we know there are comet conventions that happen in mm -hmm. like the middle east so they're making comics there they're making fan comics there they must be they're having comic conventions you see them making fan art on twitter so uh, there is no way like that people are not producing interesting comics in those countries how can i get a hold of them kind of thing mm -hmm. um and it's just i have problems finding good ways to get a hold of comics from some of these places they're not being marketed uh, they aren't being translated um, so I can do like what I do with Joe Secret Agent and I can read them in like I, I can just read them panel for panel, which is perfectly fine. I've got no problems doing that. Um, but I would like to engage with them completely, mm -hmm. but I don't read 500 languages. I read one and a couple of words and a few other languages. Um, so like it kind of leads you to sort of by necessity read fan translations which is kind of it's not just kind of it's actually stealing and that sucks um and it also just leads you not to be able to fully support these regions that are making good comics and it's, so it's like somebody has to open that door and it's like who do we get to open that door is it lack of translators i mean i don't know so so I think it's I mean, I know it's 100%. I think it's cost. The reason it doesn't happen is 100% it's cost. But it's 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 the other thing is it's interest and cost. But I, I it's a chicken and the egg question. There's mm -hmm. not going to be interest until someone like opens that door. There wasn't interest in anime until someone brought over anime. Yeah. Someone has to do it first. Yeah, exactly. And Carrie actually had a, um, we, we kind of, when, when, when you had first posted this, this question, Carrie, I had a brief discussion and you had a really good point. I did. About translators oh. and, and where they're from. Oh yeah. So um, their origins. So like, I don't, I oh. follow, like, I follow like Amanda Gorman on Instagram. I love Amanda Gorman. I think she's incredible just as a human. Yes, she is. And so um, I think her pub date for her commemorative edition of the hill we climb let's say it was late april um or mid to late april and so her pub date came out everybody was getting advanced copies and you know kind of spreading this you know this joy and celebrating her and celebrating black excellence and like black america and it was super awesome and then there was this controversy about in what's netherlands they speak dutch correct yes, mm -hmm. yes. okay so someone in the netherlands had the uh translation uh contract for her book and it turned out that the per that the person i think translating it in, in dutch and in french one was a like a white male and one one's a white female and so there was a lot of internet backlash over this because they were like you can't find a black person in your country to translate this for her and it became mm. that and so i actually like dug into it it's a whole thing about in like literature translators or trans in the translator world that people are very much offended and rightfully so when their work is translated by someone who is not 
their same ethnic background, who's if you know whatever gender that they um, assign to, like that they're not them. If they're a queer writer, that if a you know a straight writer is the one who, or the straight translator, whatever, like whoever is translating needs to be like them because there's things written like nuanced and there's th like things that are I'm not explaining this right but things that no, are like I, serious well, by the writer that someone would not understand if they were not like the writer so I was wondering if maybe that's like a problem with certain things like in the comic book industry because if someone is right like lives in Singapore and has a very like Singaporean experience and they get some white dude in Idaho who just happens to speak like seven different languages and maybe can translate he would not understand the nuances of whatever this person was writing about in whatever format they were writing about because he doesn't he's not like them he doesn't have their exact experience that's something like uh I know what was it it was probably last year too we like translation for comics is super mm -hmm. complicated because you don't just have to worry about words you have to worry about space mm -hmm. um so like translation for comics is not an easy thing so you don't just have to worry about context and language you have to worry about space so yes it's all of what you just said plus other things too okay um so with singapore that guy could probably do it himself because they speak English. But um, in, in bringing something over, you have to worry about tons of stuff. I, didn't, I know I did a whole thing on translation and it, it's, it's, you have to like sometimes change the size of word bubbles to fit. You have to change the onomatopoeias um, for for things oh, okay. um so one one of the reasons like i said for cost uh, you've got a whole kind of like host of translators set up already for manga like you have people already on board um and so you've got that whole industry pipeline set up and so that's that's one reason why you know you just do that whole thing and you don't have 12 billion different pipelines um but if you went ahead and did um, you could stick with, like, you have probably, I would have to assume, um, fairly strong literature connections between, like, Mexico and America. So Mexican and English, Spanish, like Mexican, Spanish, and English, because there's a pretty strong... Mexican literature uh, uh, culture mm -hmm. uh, that has translation and they could probably translate and a good letterer could probably adjust that because there's not much difference between Spanish and English as far as size goes and it's all right to left. So there's not much difference there. So you yeah. could do that. There's a pipeline there. And you could set up similar pipelines, stuff like that. I think it could be done. 
somebody just needs to open that door. And when it comes to opening the doors, um, I think that the one of the methods that is slowly happening is because of the, the cheap labor <laughs> issues. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, a lot of, um, of like foreign artists uh, they're getting their they're they're getting some of their personal work uh, translated here. Uh, right. For like um, Gil and March just had um, his one of his creator owned books um, translated into English because of his work on Batman and the um, Gabriel Ball and um, and his brother Gabriel Gabriel Ball's uh, brother uh, something with an F oh Luna is last name I think right. Maybe. Oh, why did I, I just forget they, this? Day yeah, Tripper. They, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. Day Tripper. <laughs> they, they were working, they were they were first working with um with oh my god, they got Jard Way. Um, and that's how <laughs> yes. they got kind of notoriety in the US. And right. then and then someone decided to take a, a leap and 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 translate one of their books. And mm. And, and so, and Day Tripper is fantastic. We talked about that before. And um and the first, like the first after moving back to the U.S., one of the first foreign comics I read was uh, like Strange Days, uh, which is a Risco book. Mm-hmm. And they are, I think, um, I think they're Brazilian too, uh, like Ba and his brother. Um, and they they were doing it themselves. So it's kind of like one of those things, friggin' Comixology Submit. I hate amazon as much as anybody else hates amazon but on one of those levels friggin they do have a self-publishing yes they can be beneficial and so mm-hmm. you know i hate it but you know what they can be <laughs> um they they translated themselves they posted themselves and it was you know it's it was something i'd never really seen any like the art was very unique the story was very itself you know, it felt very much like its own thing, cool. um, and I, I really enjoyed it. And so it's it's kind of I, I wanted there to be more, but it's very you know when you're doing it yourself, it costs money, mm-hmm. and it, it takes time. And they just never really kind of pulled any more of their own books. No, uh, yeah, and and that's the that is the problem too. Even if there is some kind of murmur. The, can, do they have the, the the way to continue, you know, getting things out? And and I feel recently, um, two artists that have had a chance, multiple chances are like Mirka and Dolfo. Mm-hmm. Um, um, like she started, you know, she's Italian and she started with, um, you know, just doing regular, you know, like kind of, uh, uh you know, covers and everything and people liked her artwork and now she she's had multiple of uh, of books of hers translated into English and and in fact they all have her she's a she's a she's a name. She had they all have her first name, you know, her name on top of the comic that says Mirka Andolfo's unsacred, you know, Mirka Andolfo's unhuman, you know, like are um so it's just um yeah, you know, so so that that definitely is possible, but like it just is the the idea of getting a chance. You know, like Sweeney Boo, for example, as well, is another one uh, who just started with covers, and, and enough people started talking about her artwork, and now we're getting comics translated from French from Sweeney Boo. You know, so yeah, I think French. Um, 
I think French is is moving pretty fast. I, I think that's a fairly, like I said, you have those open pipelines. I think French is a fairly open pipeline. It's fairly uh, that translation article we did last year. Like that's it's what it's twenty percent longer. <laughs> Yes, twenty percent longer than English, so you got to open the you got to open those word bubbles up a little bit. <laughs> no, it's twenty percent longer. You got to fill those word bubbles up a little bit, uh, so you've got more space. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I think there's a pipeline there. I hope somebody will bring over now, or bring over <laughs> Archinos because that's a Thai book that's been translated into. They're, they're bringing all his Thai books into French. Bring them over into English. Oh, pull, them pull them over one level. If you won't bring them from Thailand, bring them from France. Yeah. <laughs> but Dark, Dark Horse is being pretty good, right? They're bringing over some. Bring over more. Yeah. And, job, and Dark Horse. I think it's, it's up to the comic book fans to demand exactly this stuff. Like Maria Jove, um uh, as well, or love it, love it. Uh, we, I think we've discussed. Yes, how, we have. How to pronounce her last we, we did, and it was Yovet. Yo, Yovet. Right? Yes. I think <laughs> and, we figured this out, but we've kept saying it wrong so often that I'm not sure. But I think it's Yovet. Very, very interesting voice in comics that we would never have gotten in English right. if it wasn't for somebody, you know, talking about her and saying, hey, this person's really good, you know? Yes. Yeah. And so. mentorship. Yes. Other other comic creators looking at somebody who's good. And that's probably the most important thing, yeah. honestly. We mm -hmm. don't have shit to say. We don't have a voice in anything. They don't give two shits about us. Mm -hmm. yeah. They take our money and don't care. But the people in the industry already, like yeah. if, they, if they can mentor the people who are already there, if they can point out to other people and say, you know what, give these people work or I will work with these people or I would like to work with these people, that's probably what's going to make the difference. And not in a creepy love bombing yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah, in a, that too. Yeah. Just in a human decency way of mentoring right. people. Exactly. Right. Good solid non-sexual assault you yes, <laughs> please you know just for for the work not for anything else right yeah. and hopefully that will be the difference because i i think it is definitely getting better because i can find these things now i can find mm -hmm. these things now i would just like to find more of them yeah yeah and, and a lot of the international artists you know and, and writers um, well, especially the artists have like the deviant art websites and everything. So I think it's, I think it's almost like what we had discussed before about fanfic and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, that that this kind of boils down. That's the way that they get their voices out into other cultures, other 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 places that maybe don't speak their language, is right. by is by creating things for for websites that don't have the best reputation like deviant art, um, but you know, like, you know, other creators will see this stuff and be like, yeah, like, like you said, like, I want to work with this person. Like, like, I'm, I'm not a huge Azarello fan, but Azarello learned about Maria Yovet from somewhere. And right. who, who knows where it was. And he was really the first English speaking writer to use her work. And so, and now For she's, those, oh, sorry. Oh, and now she's making books here. 
That's all. Right. Yeah. Or those portfolio days on Twitter when people yes. their, their portfolios. And I see all kinds of portfolios being bumped by um, big name or That's people awesome. I consider big name artists and authors. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's like I said, it's one of those things that I think is getting better. It's just, you know, it's 2021 and the internet's around and I expected to be able to get whatever the hell I wanted when I wanted it. By now. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> we, I mean, best picture last, not this year, but last year was a Korean film. This is something that is progressing and getting better in a lot of other mediums. So, so slowly, but it should be. Yeah, yeah exactly. Had, had to mm-hmm. convince people that they could watch subtitles. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, we live in a global world and, and, you know, whether some people like it or not, we're very, we, our world is a lot smaller than it used to be to use the cliche. And, uh, but it really is. And part of that is understanding and knowing cultures. And part of that is getting things that we don't understand, you know, like, because we don't speak their language into something that we can understand. So we can kind of correlate and relate because, everyone's stories are different but they're also the same so it's definitely yeah. important yep agreed mm-hmm. okay so we have reached the end of the show and as always thank you to everyone listening to the show we really appreciate it also uh you can talk to us uh email us any questions or comments at uh, comics is our better at gmail.com instagram is cdb pod website with that information on it plus a way to request future episodes subjects of episodes um, is comics to serve better.wordpress.com um, also just don't forget you can uh, follow us rate us tell a friend do whatever you want word of mouth is great you know if you like us you like what we're talking about uh, tell a friend tell somebody please <laughs> uh, Darcy uh, where can we find you on the internet I am at on Twitter at books underscore serial um, my website books and serial dot wordpress dot com um, I'm currently listening to uh, Black Panther Sons of the King um, narrated by William Jackson Harper cool. uh, it's the best thing i'm listening to on realm formerly cereal box at the moment not a huge fan of cereal box uh currently realm still don't love it but uh black panther's really good like really good mainly because william jackson harper is freaking amazing like holy shit <laughs> so um this is good i'm gonna write about it eventually cool very cool. And that, this is like Marvel's Black Panther, right? Yeah, Marvel's Black Panther, Sins of the King. It's it's um, Serial Box. It's the reason why I complained forever. Serial Boxes and Serials, they're audiobooks, which mm-hmm. they are, um, which is why they're called Realm now. Uh, they're, uh, it's, it's got like background sounds and SFX, some of them, but not all of them do, but Marvel's definitely do. They put more money into them. Um, and William Jackson Harper's got this great ability to like do accents and jump between accents like super well. And like he goes between Shuri and T'Challa and uh, Claw and Vision with like 
no space in between, just crazy fast. And I'm assuming there's some editing there, like breaths being taken because he's going like Australian, Wakandan, Wakandan woman, Wakandan man. Like he's doing some crazy shit with his voice. It's super impressive. Like no, no other narrator on any of these other books are as good as him. That's awesome. It's awesome. Really cool. And uh, I, I just pulled up an article about it and, and there's Misty Knight and War Machine as well. And yeah, that mm. sounds Oh, cool. yeah. Uh, Rhodey's in it. He's good Rhodey too. Oh, cool. nice. But Rody. you know, Rhodey's just Rhodey. I mean, he's <laughs> awesome, but he yeah. doesn't have a cool accent like Claw oh. or T'Challa. So, But a very underappreciated <laughs> character. So I'm glad. More Rhodey, please. Yeah, no, his, Rhodey's great. Yes. He's been great so far, but Definitely. yeah. You have to pay for it, which kind of sucks. But if you have a certain amount of points on your Marvel Unlimited, you can get um, a discount right now. Ooh. I have to pay attention to those. I get those emails all the time. It says, you can earn points. And I'm like, oh, I want points, but I don't know what to do. So <laughs> if you earn a certain amount of points, you can move up from basic agent to elite. And I've never actually done it. Like you have to get a certain amount within a year's time. And I'm like, this year I'm going to fucking do that shit Good. i have no idea i have no idea what it means i have no idea what you get i actually <laughs> i actually finally used the i like i've never even used the points until i used the points last week and i got a falcon and a falcon and winter soldier pin Ooh. okay like an actual physical object which they sent me and oh, i got cool. this i got this discount on um black panther so that's like, awesome I'm, ac I'm actually making use of this shit <laughs> That's good. <laughs> nice. I am a huge pin person. I that's awesome. I I need to oh, pay yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. It cost um, me like ten thousand points or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, you got it. Um, but uh, just just a, a real quick since we're I know we're closing. Um, just a um, a couple words. What what did you think about the Falcon and Winter Soldier, um, TV show? Now that it's over, I loved it overall. I felt like the last episode kind of showed the COVIDness of it. Like it kind of felt like, oh, we kind of rushed that last episode a little bit. The ed the editing was kind of splicey. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. give Bucky a little bit more time with that old dude. Mm -hmm. That was too fast. He needed like a second fast. to sit with it. What was that? What was that editing? What, what was that? I am. The, uh, 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 uh. what was that that was terrible the fact that it was established so so greatly in the first episode it was, it just was like, like yeah what was okay. that uh, that We're was done. terrible that yeah. was awful otherwise i really really liked it the costume was comic accurate mm -hmm. uh, sam's costume was comic accurate and fantastic i loved it um uh zemo's butler blowing up the other super <laughs> soldiers totally on point fantastic i watch like people's re i i'm a terrible horrible person i'm one of those people that watches people react to tv shows <laughs> so ridiculous but i do it anyway and i watched all these people it. react to it and they were like who is that guy what is that guy and i'm like how do you not recognize Zemo's butler come on people it's kind of sad for all of them <laughs> yeah. yeah um no uh i i thought so. and i think that that zemo's butler doing that kind of leads to maybe a thunderbolts show in the future. yes they're i think they're definitely leading up to a thunderbolt something if they're not like it's a total waste of a lot yeah. of 
yes. a lot of potential everything. Especially now that we have a Zemo who's not a, a literal Nazi, so you can actually kind of root for the Zemo that's to the MCU instead yes. of the, the Nazi one in the Marvel <laughs> comics. Yes. Um, but um, no, I literally went to tears. Like I got misty, like really bad when I saw um, Falcon, Anthony Mackie, in the costume in the Cap costume first. It was, it was amazing. I didn't get misty, uh, but I... <laughs> misty his girlfriend. Yeah. But yes. um, okay, I just, that wasn't funny at all. But <laughs> I, it was funny. I laughed at myself. <laughs> I don't. I didn't watch the show, so I don't get any of what you're talking about. In the comics, um, but, uh, yeah, it has nothing to do with the show. It's a comic. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, in in the comics, Misty Knight's his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Misty Knight also has a metal arm, yes. like Bucky, mm-hmm. but uh, Bucky's cat doesn't like her still. Oh, fanfic. Aww. No, not fanfic. That actually uh, happened in the comics. Uh, no, I mean like um, the whole arm situation. Oh, <laughs> you can make a, a Bucky fucking. I don't know. Never mind. So that's yeah, no. that 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 was straight up. Yeah, that was one of my that was straight up in the comics. Just this random thing. Bucky needed some place to put his cat, and he's like, "We'll put her with Misty because she's also got a metal arm. Maybe my cat will like her." Nope. <laughs> that's uh, funny. Yeah, and I I do. I'm hoping for another pet Avengers one day with with his cats. There, there's so many cats in the Marvel universe right now. There could be a comic just for. There could be a Cat Avengers. Yes, I want there is. to be one. But cats are the best pets for superheroes. Mm-hmm. They're self-maintaining. You know, like you can leave a cat alone. You can longer well, than Bucky a... couldn't because his house was invaded by Nazis. <sighs> well, Nazis are shit. But are. It... <laughs> but yeah. No, shout out to Gambit's cats as well. <laughs> Gambit's three cats. Mm-hmm. Uh, Natasha just got a new cat named Logan. Oh, nice. I did, I have not read that yet. That's awesome, though. Oh, well, spoilers. Natasha no, got a new fine. cat named Logan. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> he, he looks like Leo, uh, pretty much. Speaking oh. of cats, <laughs> your cat just came up in the background and it made me really happy. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she is. She's there in the background. All right. Well, um, so all right, um, I will go ahead and uh, let you all know that I'm on Instagram at Brygen underscore CV. And you forget Twitter your Instagram. is uh, Brygen2814. Um, please remember, even if I don't, um, or go to the website and, and check it out there. Um, and not that anybody ever wants to talk to me, but if you do, you can always tweet at Darcy or message brian uh brian and yep i tell them thank oh. you or <laughs> yes or whatever so you can always get a hold of me through them that was very nice all right well as always remember that uh comics deserve better and everyone deserves comics everyone and have cats. a good night and yes. cats everyone deserves cats and cats do deserve oh, better and they will tell you that they deserve better <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. Good night, everyone. Bye. Bye.
I watch sub. I watch everything with subtitles, even if it's English. So do I. It's just so much so easier. So do I. It's so it's so much easier the than old, so. It's so weird that people have. I don't. I don't even get into. The it. only <laughs> thing I don't watch with subtitles is Community because whoever does the subtitles for that show puts the subtitles right on everyone's faces, so you can't <laughs> see anything. So it's like, oh, you know, that's like the only time is it just a bad placement of subtitles. It's, it's like weird. when I won't. Yeah, I know. I want to yeah, see. Yeah, no, I, I can't watch YouTube videos without subtitles. People yep. mumble too much. Uh -huh. I watch yeah. everything with a subtitle. I I love British cinema, and <laughs> that's definitely the easiest way to watch movies, like you know, like Snatch or you know, uh, other Guy Ritchie movies, is with the subtitles on. Absolutely, it's amazing the things that you don't know people said in movies, <laughs> and sometimes that you, you get... watch pre-subtitled. Yeah. And sometimes you get really cool Easter eggs too. Like, like in the movie Snatch, there's a part where Brad Pitt's character, who is is like an Irish, like Romani, like um, Pikey, is what they call them. Um, and and there's a part where even the subtitles doesn't understand what he's saying. <laughs> <And> so, <laughs> it, it literally just like has question marks that come up, That's and funny. you would never know that if you didn't watch it with the subtitles on. You know. <laughs> it's just great like you just great you confused the translator <laughs> um oh um speaking of and like like with asl um uh, american sign language and just sign language in general um i much props to the people who do translations live and yes have, have you yeah. ever watched the video music videos Love music videos uh, like, in ASL, yes. Oh, like the fact that they somehow convey even the music part of the lyrics with with the the way they're gesturing and everything—it's just amazing. It's just so yeah, much and that's, fun to watch. That's fairly new. Like mm -hmm. it used to, it used to like not be quite so kinetic. Apparently, have you seen? There was like a documentary on it not too long ago. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So there, there was really quick aside. Um, here in LA County in California, there was an ASL interpreter uh, hired by the county itself for different events. And it turns, and she was employed for like a year plus. And it turns out she didn't know ASL. Yes. And she was phony and she was just yes. making up her own signs. And it's just like. So awful, but so funny. And when, that... and when they broke the story and like the news was doing play like playback of her signing, you can totally tell it was fake because they're like, there's just certain, I don't know. It was just really there's funny. There's no way. There's no way someone did not call in in that year and a half to say <laughs> yeah, something. I know. It's like someone, it's everyone complains about everything in this Absolutely. country. Everyone yeah. complains about everything. So there is no way someone didn't call in or email yep. or tweet. Somebody was not paying attention mm -hmm. or someone did not care. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculous. Well, it's it's if you the, do the politics of LA County, it's yeah. definitely they didn't care. Yeah, and, and <laughs> that's the thing is that, that a lot of people who who have to, to communicate via via sign language are voiceless, you know, literally and figuratively. And, right. And so I think that one thing that should happen is that schools should almost make sign language a mandatory language to learn, you know, like upper it's one of those things we kind of all, you know. People yeah. going deaf is, you know, if you live long enough, your hearing goes. Yep. Recently watched Sound of Metal um, 
and that movie is about going deaf and and dealing with it and it was done so well because the it's done in the perspective of the guy who who just has become deaf and so in the beginning of of his journey through this um all the sign language is not translated at all there's no there's no subtitles at all and so you're you're experiencing it from his perspective of having no idea what's going on except for the the the, the visual cues that that sign language does bring naturally um and then as he's learning sign language you start getting the subtitles and you start understanding with it and so it and and it really brings home the idea of like yeah these people speak english but it's like you still can't communicate you know they can't communicate with you if you don't understand what they're saying well there's a whole controversy of like you know would you teach asl or one of the other dialects of sign language that's in america because not everybody uses asl yeah and it's um it's funny because i took american sign language when i first attempted college a thousand years ago and i know some of it still because i have always worked with disabled students just at varying age levels so now that i'm with nonverbal autistic kids it's like some of it's coming back and it's just a few phrases that like we'll use but i'm like oh man it's it's almost as vital as needing to know spanish now because like you said there's just so many people who who use that like you know who use sign language who need to use it and it's unfair if we can't it's not their fault. Like we should know it. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. I know, know I know a little bit and I think it's changed some because I learned some when I was in school mm-hmm. and I've learned a little bit recently. Like it was one of my, you know, everybody pick up a pandemic hobby. That was one that I tried to pick up and I've been taking classes. Oh, good for you. Um, but like I took classes for it when I was in like elementary middle school oh wow and there's some things that I think are different and I'm like is that what I don't remember that I don't know. so I'm not sure oh, if I learned ASL or if I learned a different like a different um uh, like a regional variant or something oh that's interesting I'm not sure maybe things have, have and it's it's just like Spanish too if, depending on the region yeah. of the states that you live in you're going to get different types of Spanish mm. yeah Maybe I learned the y'all version. I want to. I want to learn the Texas version. Over here we yeah. have the we have the like okay version. Yeah. California. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That was really interesting. Thank you. No, totally. And that's a better uh, quarantine hobby than mine, which was buy amiibos and t-shirts. So <laughs> mine was cry. So <laughs> yeah. I did that too. Yeah. Mine has become very depressed and anxious and cry a lot. No, I did a lot of that too. (laughs) 